Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Teacher, teacher, 7.35 on this Friday. It's the 16th day of February, 2018. I'm John Reed, and this is Richmond's Morning News. Very glad to have you along for the ride today. Delegate Jeff Bourne is a Democrat. He represents parts of Richmond and Henrico in the Virginia General Assembly, which continues its work at the state capitol. And he's also, interestingly enough, a former Richmond school board member. So he can give us some insight into what has uh, been unfolding in City Hall in Richmond as it relates to uh, uh, decrepit schools and the effort to try to fix them and make them better. So, Delegate Bourne, glad to have you here on Richmond's Morning News. Thank you very much. Good to be with you, John. Good morning. Well, tell me about some of the bills that you have introduced. The one that struck me was this um, uh, first was the bill on school suspensions. Am I right yes. that this this would stop year long suspensions, which that's short of an expulsion, which kicks the kid out of the system completely, but really uh, retards their ability to have any interaction with education for uh, the full school year and puts them way behind. What What's your thought process on the bill, and have I accurately expressed what it does? Well, John, you've hit the nail on the head. I mean, right now, school division could suspend your kid, my kid, anybody's kid for 364 days. And what we found is that after a couple years of declining suspension rates, they've started to creep back up again. But what's more alarming to me and many members of the General Assembly, as evidenced by the vote that we take, we, we've taken, is that there are there are gross disparities between and among certain subgroups of our student population. So an African-American student is about 3.6 times more likely to be suspended than their white counterparts. Students with disabilities, it's even higher than that. So we've really got a problem with our minority students and our learning disabled students. And so we all know and all agree that, that when kids aren't in school, they're just not learning. And so we, what we've said is we want to cap the number of days at 45. Now, we completely understand that local school divisions need to be able to address those unique circumstances where um, certainly the, 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 the offense that a student has committed warrants a longer time away from school. And so we've given uh, local school divisions the ability to go beyond 45 days if um, the offense involves weapons or drugs or um, there are aggravating circumstances. And, and, and that aggravating circumstances will be defined by the State Board of Education so we have a clean, uniform definition across the state. I'm guessing that you spoke to principals and assistant principals and some teachers about this issue why why were they using the year-long suspension what was triggering it in the past regardless of of the demographics of who was uh, subjected to it you know i think i mean and i i certainly believe in all of our teachers and principals and administrators and so what they will tell you is that you know there are students that, that are just so disruptive so uh, counterproductive to the classroom and to the school setting that they needed to be out. And, and you know, I, I think a lot of the longer-term suspensions were, were for um, uh, 
you know, I guess appropriate offenses, but, you know, some of our school divisions, there's about 20 that really have a problem and, and very large suspension numbers. And, and, and what you'll hear from teachers, what you'll hear from families is they're suspending my kids perhaps before the SOL test. They're suspending my kids for disruptive behavior or, you know, which may be as, as simple or benign as, as talking back or defying a, a teacher telling you to go sit in your de- at your desk. And so really what we've got to do is, is you know, make some of the policy for the local school divisions so that we really can keep as many kids in school for as long as possible. What would happen with these kids who were suspended? Or, I mean, let's just say they're suspended for the max that you're proposing, 45 days. Mm-hmm. What do they, they don't just go home, do they? Well, they, you know, in a lot of school divisions they do, and uh-huh. that's partly because we haven't funded the programs that, that will allow school divisions to put in place um, programs and services for students while they're out of school. Some school divisions have programs in place, so when a kid gets suspended, they're still getting services, they're still getting academic work, um, but other school divisions struggle with that. Um, and then when you look at learning disabled students, um, you know, the, the um, federal law, IDEA, um, mandates that we still provide them services. So they're, they're still getting services, are supposed to still get services. Um, but what we've done is we've also included um, some budget amendments to hopefully get some funding to really help school divisions provide the services when kids are suspended. Yeah. Well, oftentimes that's, they're not. Yeah. That, I mean, that's the real problem. If you've got a kid who's a, who's a problem, if I've got if, – if my kid's trying to learn and the other kid's disruptive, at some point you've got to eject the one that's uh, causing a problem for the student who's really there for the right reasons, but then you can't just dump them onto the street or you know there's going to be more trouble. Hey, let me ask you for your uh, opinion on the um, the meals tax <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. increase. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that since you were on the school board, you, you were a- aware of this issue and that you're supportive of efforts to to fix the school buildings. What was your take on the, the meals tax increase? Well, I think, again, John, you, you pointed out exactly what's right, is that having been on the school board for four years, I'm painfully aware mm-hmm. of the decrepit conditions that our school buildings are in for a number of reasons, at least not the least of which is decades of deferred maintenance that just has been gone, you know, uncompleted. And so when you walk through a school, when you hear the the stories of black sludge running down school walls, when you have to move an entire school building out of their neighborhood school into an empty school building because of the conditions, you you quickly arrive at the position that, that I have, which is as policymakers, as adults, as thoughtful leaders in our community, we can't take any option off the table when it comes to our children. And so I certainly applaud the mayor and council for taking this courageous step to to start to address the problem. Now, does that does this meal tax get all of our need met? No, it doesn't. Um, but I think it's a good first step. And I think it's incumbent upon the school board, the city council and the mayor to continue to work and chip away at this problem, um, refine the plans, look for additional ways to fund these renovations, um, because it's it's immoral for us to allow our children to go to schools go to school in buildings that look and 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 are in the condition that Richmond Public Schools buildings are in. Well, hopefully they'll be good stewards of the money too and just make sure that the end result is what we're hoping it will be, which is uh much better school buildings and that the money doesn't get siphoned off in a lot of different directions that don't actually achieve that. But Right, hey, and I think you've seen the council members make statements 
you know, and the mayor commit to putting it in yeah. a schools-based fund and all the money going. Because, you know, we've seen what happens when uh, a tax is levied for a special purpose and then that special purpose goes away and we still keep the tax and use it for our general funds. And that's or, if it doesn't, or if it doesn't achieve what you wanted it to achieve. That's a, well, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. a concern, too. Yeah, exactly. Well, listen, I, I really appreciate you calling in. Delegate Jeff Bourne, uh, representing parts of Richmond and Henrico, a Democrat and former Richmond school board member. So he's got some expertise on this issue. And, and uh, we always appreciate your insight here on Richmond's Morning News. Thank you. Well, thanks for having me, John. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.